0: Yo, what's going on guys welcome back to the bot talk on today's episode we are episode 10 with keith adams the visual you just saw the little intro which will be used every single week was made by a very very gifted designer i will leave his link down below definitely go check him out he does some amazing we're, we're jumping straight into today's episode we have two sponsors for today's episode one of them being Notify proxies if you guys want to get 25% off all your products on Notify proxies website i will leave a link down below use code the bot talk on checkout for 25% off and the second sponsor is cops apply we've done these guys before on their website you will find services proxies bots all collated into a structured manner for you guys to go check out very easily so if you guys want to get some more knowledge on different brands everything is on there for you guys to go check out i highly highly suggest them the link will be down below so without further ado guys let's jump straight into episode 10.
1: hey man it's a pleasure to be on this show i really want to thank you for this opportunity it's truly a privilege to have this opportunity to you know be able to speak about these things that I never really tend to speak about public
0: no problem at all, man. i'm pretty sure loads of people watching this episode really really want you on the pod talk so i'm glad to finally get you on here but jumping straight into the first question that we asked all our guests on the show how did you get into reselling
1: right so fantastic question it all started back in middle school i was 13 years old this was around 2013 and i used to wear these d roses they had holes in them didn't think much of it until i got to middle school met some new people you know, they started making jokes here and there. It wasn't essentially a big deal at first. But after a while, you know, you begin to get jealous of all these other kids around you wearing LeBron 11s, LeBron 10s. Those were like the big basketball shoes back then. then um, Jordan Retros, you know, those were huge. Roche runs, too. I've always wanted something like that, but um, I couldn't afford it back then. So what I decided to do, because I wasn't legally allowed to work at 13 years old, what we would do is sell candy out of my locker. And all the kids used to come to my locker. And I used to resell the candy that I would buy in bulk from Stop and Shop or Walmart. And it eventually got so big that, you know, every single in between each period, there were always kids coming. And sometimes there'd be as much as like, you know, 20 to $30 profit a day, which was a huge amount. Um, and eventually it added up. I was able to buy my first pair of shoes from a guy on Instagram. They were Bread 11s. Some of my OG subscribers know this story. I sent the $200 to him, waited a month or so, never got anything back, unfortunately. So yeah, essentially, that was my first experience getting scammed. $200 might not seem like a lot of money to most people, but certainly my position back then, you know, that was was my everything. You know, I got detentions for being late to classes from selling the candy, all that. So it really hurt me. But more importantly, you know, I felt stupid from it. But after that, I finally worked up enough money to go to a Soul Exchange event where I purchased some sneakers there. Now, once I purchased the sneakers there, I came back with them and kids in my school wanted to buy them. Uh, for, for some reason, you know, they're willing to pay over market value. And I realized, okay, you know what, maybe I could make a few bucks off of this. After that, you know, I realized this is easy money. I suppose I should probably do some more research uh, within this. And after that, I decided to go to some first-come-first-serve events at my local mall. I made around like $40 off Concord 11 Lowe's. That was in 2014 or so. And obviously, I could have got way more if I held them. But, you know, it's just small money you're making. started learning more about um, using online software later on. I first got a Chrome extension. Uh, it was like called like AIO, something along the lines of that. Just ran on your local IP. I uh, didn't have much success with it, but eventually I went into other other softwares. My first one, like my first real software was BNB. I got that in late 2017 and started seeing a lot of success with that. And of course, you know, manual as well, that's that's where i really enjoy it the most and i love teaching people how to do that
0: as well well there you guys have you guys heard a very very detailed origin story of how keith adams kind of jumped into the scene and jumped into reselling and like you guys did here he did start by reselling candy and sweets and drinks within his uh high school and i think the idea of uh the resellability of products to create a profit on top of the base price you paid did translate over to sneakers and reselling which is something he's known for but the second question, and you kind of answered this within the explanation, but I would like to ask what were some of the main motivations behind continuing to research?
1: Terrific question. I think it initially came from the fact that, you know, this was such easy money. It was quite ridiculous. When I was really young, I used to look up how to make money as a teenager on Wikipedia or Google. And, you know, there'd be all these silly things like, you know, go around washing cars, you know, selling lemonade, things of that nature. That's all cliche. And I was just wondering, you know, this is so niche. Of course, no one's talking about this on Google. This whole concept of being able to flip something in a secondary market was bizarre to me at the time. And the fact that the money came so easily and you could essentially define how much of it you made, depending on how much research you did or how much money you invested into it and how much time you invested. I thought it was absolutely incredible and I found it to be extremely addicting as well.
0: Well, you guys got a detailed origin story of how Keith got into reselling and what his main motivations were. But moving on to the third question, how did you bridge the gap between becoming a manual user that your channel is advertised to, to becoming a person that uses bots to maximize profits on releases?
1: Right. So when I first used to go to first come first serve events, this started in 2014 for the Concord low release. Every single time I went, there would be people on their mobile devices, you know, going for the online jobs. For some reason, they would always scapegoat these things called bots. At the time, I had no idea um, about any of this automated software, but I was wondering, you know, why is there such a stigma to these things called bots? Like, are they robots or whatever? (laughs) Obviously, it sounds ludicrous that I used to think like that. But later, I did some research. Um, The first one I ended up getting was BNB, and I had some success with that. And then later down the line, I, of course, invested more money into, you know, things, things of, you know, like AIO bots, things that covered many other sites. And I just kept on expanding from there.
0: Yeah, adding to your point that you just said, I do feel like people that were around in that time period that were botting in that time period, obviously a couple of years back, I feel like those people did go towards those bots just because of the fact that those were the first ever bots to ever have public advertising on a large scale and obviously have success on a large scale. So people were drawn to those bots. But moving on to the next question, how did you go from a person that resells and maximizes profits on hyped releases to creating a YouTube channel to create guides for manual users?
1: Right. So initially, the channel began as simply a form of entertainment for people. Um, Of course, it revolved around sneakers still, because that was something I was passionate about. I enjoyed collecting, but I wanted it to be somewhat humorous. You know, Brad Hall. um, I know Seth Fowler could be humorous at times as well. Um, There's a lot of funny sneaker YouTubers out there, and I wanted to kind of follow in their path. I tried this for six months or so. It was pretty much fruitless. I was uploading four times a week in the midst of my job as a busboy and also trying to maintain high grades in school. So it was really taxing. And I was just about to give up until, you know, the Yeeber release it was. The Yeeber release was a really special release because I created a how to cop guide for that one. I created a how to cop guide before that. Nothing really special came out of it. I decided to do it again. Super limited. Yeezy. Of course, people are going to want it go to work, and all of a sudden I get a text from one of my friends who's saying, Keith, your video's blowing up, man. This is ridiculous. It wasn't blowing up by any means. It had like around a thousand views within a couple of hours. But at the time, you know, six months of only getting like 50 or so views, I I was on the verge of quitting because I just, you know, I couldn't keep up if it was going to be fruitless. He was telling me, your video's blowing up. So I was like, well, I guess this might be my bread and butter, you know, trying to help people, not just Providing humorous content, but perhaps if I were to provide content that would actually aid people, you know, fill a void within the community. I suppose you know, if there's uneducated individuals within the community who want to get into reselling, I suppose this would be their key to learning more about the secondary market, learning how to obtain these limited products. And then it was the blue tint release that changed my life forever, and it was probably the best. My life was a 27-hour straight stream. Just answering questions regarding the Barneys jig, the bypass jig, only the, only the OGs remember the Barneys jig and then uh, of course the multiple people jig and my subs doubled within that 27 hours. I knew that was going to be my bread and butter and I just wanted to stick with it and you know continue to help people.
0: One thing that I definitely do see with YouTubers is that the main catalyst for motivation and a strive, so to say, to continue to do these videos is the bang point. And the bang point for anyone that's wondering that doesn't do YouTube or hasn't done YouTube before is that one video that gains a lot of views, a lot of eyes on the video that essentially ups the amount of views you get per video after that point, ups your subscribers and kind of starts to book pieces on pieces of a name brand for yourself so people actually know who you are And i definitely think that is one of the things that contributes to more youtube is being successful and continuing to make videos now moving on to the next question what was your mindset going into creating this youtube channel
1: great question so before i began i did a lot of preparation before i made my very first video i thought it was like a massive deal to make it you know a perfect video so i ended up studying the youtube algorithm i watched loads of videos did a, a lot of reading on recent studies of the YouTube algorithm to make sure my first video I put out there really did well. So I remember it really vividly. I uploaded it. It was really late at night. And, you know, I just went to sleep, closed my computer. And I was so excited the next day to open my computer. I was so excited to see all the studying of the algorithm finally paid off. You know, uh, it would be like some massive video, get at least like a thousand views. And I'd have like maybe 30 or so subs right off the bat. Open it up, zero views. I swear to God, not one. Not even a single view, zero views. So obviously I had to go back to the drawing board and, you know, took six months until I finally started Seen some decent progression
0: touching on one of the points you said in your answer I definitely do think the YouTube algorithm is something that most youtubers need to wrap their head around if they are small and they are starting out luckily Keith went ahead and did that that's why he gained so many views and gained so much traction on his videos so I definitely think that is a very important factor as to how popular you will get in X amount of time now moving on to the next question when you do start your YouTube channel with any youtuber they always have goals in mind what were some of the goals for your YouTube channel when you started
1: so regarding like any form of a sub count like you know 100 subs, a 1000 subs or so, that was something that never really mattered to me just because you know I don't really see the people as numbers or so. I see them as people cuz you know that's what they are. And I just wanted some form of a community, you know, some conversation going on in the comment section and when I first saw somebody say first, you know, you know when people get to your video, they want to be the first one there. They say first. The first time I ever saw someone do that was like one of the greatest moments of my life. I was like, holy, like people are actually excited to watch my content. And when that finally happened, I realized, you know, like, I really want to continue to be doing what I'm doing because people really do enjoy this and they really do appreciate the help.
0: Branching off the answer you just gave to the previous question, you did say how some people would come to your YouTube videos and try to be the first person there because they saw you as a person that was big. They saw you as a figure that they supported, and obviously they want to show their support by being the first there. The next question actually is, when did you start to see popularity come towards your YouTube channel?
1: Great question. So it was right around the time of the Frozen Yellow release, that's when I first started noticing people picking up on the content when my friend texted me while I was at work. And then it was that blue tint live stream, that, that live stream in particular, that 27-hour stream. That's what changed everything for me. Um, the sub count doubled, and it was just one of the greatest days of my life. After going to sleep after that day probably the
0: best sleep i've ever had i definitely do think when youtubers of any genre of any subject of matter do gain popularity and start to create sparks within their channel it is a very very nice feeling because all youtubers putting in x amount hours to their content and putting like a lot a lot of time to learn new capabilities to make their videos better make it on par with some competitors within the community of their community like gaming vlogging stuff along that type of nature so i definitely do think it is a really relieving thing when that does happen now moving on to the next question with that whole popularity you're bound to have more people judging you and you're bound to have more people watching your content did you see any negative effects of the popularity that you gained on your youtube channel
1: right so regarding negative effects i definitely didn't experience any and this is specifically because uh the content i'm offering is simply to aid people and if i am trying to be somewhat humorous it's intentionally like somewhat uh, cringy at times. So there's no real hate I ever get in my comments. Sometimes if I've ever been incorrect in some, some facts that I mentioned, people will correct me in the comments, but it's never any hate really. And when it comes to public, like outside of YouTube, I don't even discuss anything I do regarding endurance or regarding my YouTube channel um, at my old high school, at my job, at the college I'm at now. Uh, Nobody knows anything of my work
0: Yeah, something that I do see within the community And something that we did actually touch upon In a previous episode Is kind of masking your online life From your real life Or even to say in a more positive way Just separating them both And having those two separate by all means, people can go and do that. There's nothing bad against that. Some people prefer to merge the two just so it's more comfortable with them. But I guess it's one of those things where it comes down to opinion and it comes down to how comfortable people are with merging those and obviously the side effects of doing that. But flipping the coin, which is a phrase we like to say on the show, what were the positive effects of gaining the popularity to your YouTube channel?
1: So regarding positive effects outside of the YouTube channel itself, again, I didn't really experience any just because I don't um, discuss any of what I do outside. And of course, that's intentional. It's simply because I don't uh, really want people to think of me differently. If I were to, you know, be in a successful position, Um, they were to hypothetically assume I have money, even though I really don't, I'm not doing so great. But if they were to hypothetically assume I had money because of this big following, or just the popularity, I feel like there's some fake people out there who would change up. And I'd really like to try and avoid that. So that's why I try to keep it on the down low. But of of course, regarding online, you know, within this community, the positive effects are amazing. You know, it's what I wake up for every day. It's when I go to check the Twitter replies, or even the comment section. There's always people, you know, having a great conversation down there, mentioning some things that make me laugh or so, especially within endurance, you know, that chat, I'm in the chat, like, pretty much the entire day. It's really what makes my day. And I would have never met any of these fantastic people if it wasn't because of that popularity. So I've met some, a ton of friends really through this process, which I'm really grateful for.
0: Well, it's very nice to hear that there were some positive effects of having all this popularity whilst there being some negative the positive do seem to be the most dominant factors here you have some friends you have connections you have support from your youtube subscribers but moving on to the next question is there anything you wish you did differently
1: nothing in particular only because i'm one who believes that everything happens for a reason even some poor uploads i've made even some bad edits i've made i really do feel like everything does happen for a reason and you know everything's a learning experience the only one thing that i think Maybe I would have changed, but, you know, in the long term, it kind of did benefit me. I probably should have never attempted to do daily uploads. I did that for a long period of time, and it really did kill my immune system. And, uh you know, just trying to constantly upload after work and trying to keep up with schoolwork. And that's all I'm thinking about, just work, work, work. You know, there were long periods of times where, you know, I didn't see any friends at all. didn't go to the gym a lot like I used to. So I probably would have wanted to avoid that because PewDiePie actually mentioned in a video of his regarding YouTube burnout and just entrepreneurship burnout in general. And I will admit that I was certainly burning, you know, I was definitely burning and now owning a group, you know, the workload when it comes to this is much greater than daily uploads in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely burning right now. But I'm i'm never gonna burn out i'm gonna have
0: to die before i burn out yeah i definitely do think people do work towards having that continuous motivation and continuous worth ethic towards their work and it does reflect on their work as you guys can see keith adams is very very successful individual with his group and his youtube channel so yeah, it has translated over very well and touching on the point of burnout we have actually spoke about this on the show before but nova who is also a youtuber within the scene did speak about finding the right balance to make sure he doesn't burn out when he's working to make sure he has the perfect work efficiency that reflects on his work so i feel like that is definitely something people should strive to find and once they find it continuously do it moving on to the next question before you start your youtube channel what were some of the preconceptions you had that were completely wrong
1: one thing that was completely wrong that i wish i knew beforehand but i was too afraid to finally experiment with it i was afraid that if i didn't upload for too many um, days at a time you know a long duration of time that the algorithm would completely forget about me it would, you know, throw me away, and the next upload I made a week later, hypothetically, if I went on vacation, it would get, you know, one tenth of the views, and I'd never be able to get back to where I was. Of course, now I know that that's not true, but back when I didn't know this and I was afraid of, you know, the algorithm forgetting about me and losing my entire community that I have because, you know, people aren't getting the recommendations or the notifications, things like that. There were times where, you know, I've had the flu multiple times, I've had strep throat. But nothing compares to bronchitis and because of my weak immune system now I've had it like four times or so within the past several years in comparison to two times within the, the past years before 2017 which is really ridiculous and it's certainly not healthy at all and I remember trying to force myself to make uploads and trying to force myself to not cough while I was trying to make the uploads and it was extremely painful especially if you have bronchitis for prolonged periods of times. When you cough, it feels like someone's stabbing you in the back. It's pretty bad. But obviously, I didn't want to lose everything I've worked, you know, many, many months for or later on many, many years for. I don't want to take any of those risks. So, you know, I'd be editing the videos and I'd be hearing myself cough for 60% of the video. And when I would hear myself cough, it would would make me cough as well while I was editing. It was just a terrible experience trying to um, make those uploads while I was really sick but i also did feel i kind of owed it to my subscribers it wasn't just about the algorithm i always did feel like you know there was a release coming up i always felt like i owed it to them to you know give them the required info they needed um of course it's never about the ad revenue especially because it's so minuscule um it was just about you know there's a release coming there's money to be made i need to get this info out there to these people and because of that that's what really caused me a lot of pain during my times of sickness
0: once again this adds to my previous point of the continuous motivation and wealth ethic that keith does have he has that worth ethic so he's willing to put himself through x amount of pain or make himself uncomfortable when he's making these videos when he's ill just to push out these videos for everyone to help everyone to support his community as he feels like he has a responsibility to his viewers which is something that is very admirable. If you guys are watching this, if you guys watch Keith, then obviously you guys know that this stuff has happened and it's continuously part of this content. So it's something to be admired for. Now moving on to the next question. Moving away from the preconceptions, what were some of the opportunities that were opened up when creating this YouTube channel and gaining all this popularity?
1: The best opportunity is definitely just being able to share my knowledge There's really nothing that feels better than someone honestly and genuinely thanking you for helping them because it benefited them financially. For example, um, the MCA drop was by far the best day of my life. You know, you could think about, you know, getting my first dog or, you know, things like that. The MCA drop was certainly the best day of my entire life um, because we were prepared for that within my uh, server We did constant iTools group buys after we received the info that this was going to be occurring um, a week in advance or so. And when it finally happened, when everyone finally saw that spoofing did indeed work and, you know, hundreds of people, it was a mass amount. It was more success, ironically, than any other drop before, despite it being the most profitable drop. And the mass amount of messages I received about, you know, people saying like, you know, this is just one drop of many, but this was, you know, it's $2,000 profit, like, changing lives it's a surreal feeling that you're responsible for things like that and of course i have a fantastic team too who uh, of course i wouldn't be able to do without it um the guy who arranges the itools group buys i have to give a shout out to him as well because it's extremely time consuming i um, so shout out to rich he's the guy who arranged the itools group buys when i did provide the information regarding why we needed the itools so yeah just the opportunity to be able to share my knowledges. It's a surreal feeling because when people thank you for things like that, it's, it's incredible
0: yeah i can definitely see the more rewarding factor of creating monetary gain and satisfaction for customers that actually use your youtube guides and are very very successful doing it because these guys are catered towards people that are money users and when they create all the success and they create all this happiness from actually getting the shoes and the items they want, it definitely is a rewarding thing now moving on to the last questions regarding your youtube channel what are some of the goals for your youtube channel going into the late section of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 so
1: if i'm being a hundred percent honest if i were to hypothetically not grow at all i'd be completely okay with that of course i am going to continue growing but i just want to maintain the community i have the fantastic supporters i have i don't ever want to lose them there's a lot of names i always uh, recognize in the comments those are the people i never want to lose and i just want to continue uploading continue out helping people so I never really lose those sorts of relationships between me and, you know, the people within the comment section or even Twitter replies i just want to hold on to that for the rest of
0: my life well you guys heard it here first those are keith's goals for his youtube channel i definitely for my personal opinion i definitely do think those are some nice goals and once again it reinforces that community element that keith does savor for his content and just savor for his videos so if you guys are continuing to watch keith adams that's where you want to be but touching on one of the things that keith has developed throughout his career and that is endurance endurance is a group that keith owns The link down below if you guys want to check them out but jumping into the topic regarding endurance where did the name endurance come from this is a
1: great question it's one i hear pretty frequently i initially thought everyone knew the reference because of the logo but then some people started making incorrect assumptions that i actually thought made sense not only did they make sense but you know some of these incorrect assumptions they stood for something important um you know for example some people said endurance came from the fact that you know We're never burning out, you know, every single drop, even if there's like 20 in a row, we're still going hard on every single one. And that's not what it means at all. But I do like that notion. So perhaps it's best that I leave it open ended for people to understand. But for those who do understand the reference. It's pretty obvious for them uh, because of the logo.
0: I do think that is a good idea for viewers to keep in mind. If they want to go ahead and create their own definitions regarding the name that suits them best, then they can go ahead and do that. If you guys understand the reference, then that is for you to understand. But moving on to the next question. What was some of the beginning motivation to creating Endurance? Uh
1: very interesting question. So I've known about bots for an extremely long time. Obviously, I've been in reselling for an extremely long time. But I actually wasn't familiar with groups and, you know, Sneaker Twitter in general. I've been on Sneaker Twitter for, you know, two or three years now. I can't even remember the exact number, but I didn't know about the whole Sneaker Twitter thing. Like, I didn't know I was a, you know, somewhat large figure within it until around 2018. And when I started learning about these groups, you know, people in the comments section always suggested, hey, Keith, you should start a group or so. And I figured, um, you know what, maybe I should. Of course, if I did start a group, Uh, no way I could possibly make it only about, you know, manual users, despite my channel, the emphasis being for people who can't afford bots. That's the whole reason I made my channel. But uh, the inspiration for the group came from the people recommending it in the comments section. I said, you know what, Uh, I suppose it is worth a try. And it it just started off with one site list and Shopify monitor, Adidas monitor, sneakers monitor, and the Supreme monitor. And we obviously built it up from there. Started at fourteen ninety nine or so, and the people who stuck around for it's been a year now. Of course, they're going to continue paying that price because I do uh, really do believe in rewarding loyalty.
0: Well, it is nice to hear that your viewers did get behind you in creating this idea of endurance and creating groups because support does actually help a group at the beginning, kind of creates its fundamentals and foundations for it to grow. Now, moving on to your next question, what were some of the early days like for endurance?
1: So initially, um, like I mentioned before, it was just a single site list. There weren't any guides at all until a couple of weeks into the first month. Uh, it was just a Shopify monitor um adidas monitors sneakers monitors and supreme hence hence it was only 14.99 extremely cheap of course and i don't really have a care for money as long as i'm able to provide for myself so all the money i had i just threw it all back into the group and i just wanted to you know get more staff more developers and i just i'm not stopping anytime soon of course every single restock funds are being used to constantly improve you know i just want bigger things for these people because i care about them more than anything this is my family
0: as you guys can see keith has prioritized support on making sure members do get the most success within the group so that is a very good factor to say if you are endurance then you guys are getting the best quality there if you guys are planning on joining endurance these are one of the many factors as to why to join but moving on to the next question did you receive any backlash when carrying endurance
1: yeah so i somewhat did and somewhat didn't so initially they were just afraid that i would stop uploading completely which of course isn't true I still continue to upload uh public info but there is a fine line between you know Twitter and YouTube info in comparison to what you put inside Discord and what cannot leave the Discord and there's a fine line there and I've never ever changed the type of information I provide on my YouTube that's always going to be public info so they're never getting any less any less than what they would hypothetically be getting if I didn't do the group the only difference is there's information I'm providing to my server that they won't be able to receive, uh, receive. For example, I even get scolded for opening my Kith channel too early sometimes. Now, could you imagine if I were to hypothetically tweet out a Kith link? I'd certainly lose my relationship there. So some of it's not even by choice. And the same goes for um, Nike early info. If I were to hypothetically tweet out any, anything of that nature, not only would it hinder my members, but more importantly, I'd certainly lose my relationship.
0: Yeah, I agree with your point where information within the group that's provided to members should stay within the group and... In reality, if you are leaking information, you're just making it harder for yourself On top of the fact that you are going to be banned from a group that you have been paying for and you have been supporting the owner for So it's kind of like a pointless puff. If you do want to go ahead and do that, then you will be banned You will have no refund really because you have broken the rules and the terms of service So it's just one of those things where it's very stupid to do and you shouldn't do it But moving on to the next question One thing that I did find from researching endurance and researching yourself is that Endurance doesn't really have a huge social media presence. And when I say that, it's just because of the fact that groups usually have two pages. They have their normal page where they push public relations, all these type of advertisements and partnerships, and then they have their success to it. With Endurance, there is literally only the success to it. Now, that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but my question to you is, why did you go ahead and do it like that?
1: So a long time ago, before I even began my own group, a wise friend of mine, shout out to him, he's the owner of Restock Time, um, a monitor server he told me the only thing that matters is success success is all that matters at the end of the day and you know you could announce on social media all the new monitors your group has is getting written but what's the point of announcing all that if you know parameter x just screws you over at the last minute no one cops or what if you monitor an incorrect endpoint what's the point of bragging about monitors if you know there's a chance that they don't work the only thing that matters should be success and i also if you ever see any of my giveaways on my twitter i also don't ever tell anyone that they're required to follow my account or follow um the endurance account just because you know if people are gonna be interested in it they shouldn't be have to like they shouldn't have to be forced to follow it i feel like just for the giveaway because if they do genuinely like it they do genuinely believe in it they'll follow on their own so I never really feel the need to, you know, put out all this stuff that we're doing behind the scenes. It's just success. That's all that matters to me at the end of the day. And I know it's all that matters to members at the end of the day. I really don't like to make promises that
0: can't be kept i definitely do think it is a very interesting take on how to run a group and it is working you are successful there is a lot of success within the group so there's no way i can actually follow the method you are doing so just continue doing that and obviously certain groups will do different methods but at the end of the day if all the members within the group are creating success then that is the main goal now moving on to the next question throughout endurance and creating it what are some of the things you have learned
1: so to kick this one off my reflexes have certainly improved a tonne Uh, within this sort of community, there are times you only have seconds to make choices that are going to affect loads of people's lives, hundreds of people's lives financially. So reflexes have certainly improved. I used to be really indecisive when I was younger. Now it's, I'm able to make decisions really rapidly. Um, Another thing would be, I've learned that humans only care about results generally. If a monitor were to hypothetically fail that you worked 14 hours on, you explaining to people won't change anything. You explaining all the work that you put in, it's not going to change anything. What's done is done. And no one really cares how hard you work, how much sleep you've lost over something. All that, all that matters is just success. And if that can't be achieved, um, you know, no one's really going to care. Um, another thing would be don't cut corners. It's certainly going to bite you in the ass eventually. Uh, another would be uh, if you're going to own a group, don't ever leak. This is one of the biggest things. You won't be able to maintain that. I could guarantee that you will be found. I personally hunt down leakers. I hate them passionately. Uh, that's something I, pri- I pride endurance on. Even if a member were to hypothetically leak something or just post a link from someone else's monitor, uh, you know they'll get banned instantly for something like that. And the other members do know that. We've had instances where you know another member has posted, you know, just some random brick or something. But it was from someone else's monitor, and they've been banned instantly. You know, no second chances. Uh, leaking is definitely something that I passionately despise within this community. And it's, it should also be known if you're considering starting a group, and you ever, do are in, you ever are in a position where you can't acquire info for a certain drop, definitely don't leak it. Um, taking an L is one thing. You know, you could take L's, you could bounce back, you could learn from it. But once you leak once, your reputation is hindered forever. And there's no bouncing back from that. Everyone will know you as a leaker. And that's why I really will never want to leak. I'll never leak ever. And that's why, you know, all my members know not to leak as well, because they know they'll get banned instantly. And they know if they leak outside, because leaking in is just as bad as leaking out. If they leak out, I'll, I'll come and find them. And they'll be gone. Learn from your mistakes. We're in this for the long run. I've been doing this for about a year now. There are some things I've missed in December when we first started out, but it's because that I miss them that we're able to take advantage of so many opportunities left and right now. And it's those mistakes that have helped us to be like as good as we are now. For example, our Nike desktop, not sneakers, our Nike, a Nike desktop monitor used to suck. It used to be terrible many months ago because we were monitoring incorrect endpoints. And after so many trial and error mistakes or so, we're able to acquire the required info and we're able to know what are the proper endpoints to monitor, what's the most efficient way to monitor this certain product. And as you learn, you're able to improve yourself. Um, Another thing would be, I've learned that there's much more money to be made out there than just limited sneakers. I think Jordan 1 mids are certainly cliche. I wouldn't consider those one of these, but... You know, there's a bunch of random things out there that you could certainly flip in the secondary market. You know, a lot of random sneakers, of course, but there's some there's some random things, too. You know, we we've recently been selling some dolls, not Funko's like dolls, like we're profiting off of dolls. It's kind of ridiculous, but there's a lot of money to be made out there. And I didn't know this before meeting amazing staff that I hired for this group. Um, Another one would be after you work with so many people. Certain patterns become transparent, even through text. You don't even have to have a conversation with them uh, to determine who's a genuine person and who might be quite the contrary. I've learned a lot about human nature throughout this entire process because I've worked with so many people I've paid significant amounts of money to. And there's so many people who all have similar traits. You know which ones are going to be real, genuine people. And thankfully, I've had very rare cases where I've met people who Um, do try to do uh, things that aren't so great Um, another thing would be just because it's online that doesn't mean you can't make friends i used to be of the mindset that you know friends could only be made in real life but it was until i started my youtube channel i started first making some friends in my comments but now with the discord server you know i'm speaking to these people on daily basis i've become really close with a lot of them so I'm really grateful to have met these people, so yeah, you could certainly meet a lot of friends online, and they could be real, genuine friends that, you know, I aspire to hopefully meet the majority of these people one day. So yeah, I've certainly gained a lot of insight throughout this first year of owning the server, and I hope to continue to be learning more.
0: Well, those are some good skills to pick up throughout your time. But moving on to the final question regarding endurance. What are some of the things planned for endurance members going into the future? So
1: like mentioned before, I'm constantly trying to build more relationships. I'm trying to um, always, you know, invest as much as possible. If an opportunity arises, of course, I'm willing to, you know, put down whatever it takes, if it's going to be beneficial to my members. Um, Regarding monitors, we have an amazing team of devs, uh, you know, I'm extremely thankful to have met these people, some of them through Twitter, some of them through GitHub, some of them through Freelancer. I've met a ton of these people, and I'm grateful to have them because they're constantly working on new sites. Not only that, but they're also constantly improving previous sites that we've been monitored. And, you know, I can't be more thankful for that. Uh, Of course, there's always been updates made regarding that. And I don't like to make promises, but a bot is in store for the future for Endurance members. It's actually fully functional at the moment. We actually do use it for carts within the server. Um, unfortunately, right now, there's no UI right now. And it, we just want to make sure it's 100% safe and secure for people to upload their personal information to. Uh, so it, it's going to be a long process. And, you know, I don't want to make any promises. or so, but I will be vague about it. It is for one specific site. It's not an AIO bot. It's for one specific site that I don't see any other bots for. But, you know, they do always get stock. And I'm excited to hopefully be able to get a chance to, you know, show this off to the members eventually in the future. But again, no promises. And I'm very thankful for the developer who is, you know working on this right now his name is jimmy so shout out to jimmy
0: well if you guys are planning on joining endurance you guys are in for some very very good features coming soon and now moving on to the final section of today's episode it is the twitter questions if you guys want to feature your twitter questions in the episode ask some suitable questions for the interview when i do tweet out about the guest reply to them down below and i'll go ahead and pick the right ones and put them into the interview so for the first twitter question it comes from partycook2 on twitter he said when is the next restock for endurance or how does the system work So
1: we used to do monthly restocks. It used to be on the first of every month. And the reason we do it on the first of every month, it's not by choice, really. It's just because that's going to be the most fair thing for everyone because uh, we do it through Patreon. And the reason I do it through Patreon is even though they charge a higher fee than Stripe, it's certainly beneficial because it allows me to not have to worry about verifying members or anything of that nature. You know, I want my full attention and focus on the group. I want to be able to put all of my effort and all of my blood, sweat, and tears into the group. I don't want to have to worry about, you know, people joining and giving them roles or whatever, or unverifying and re-verifying members. They didn't want that to be a concern. So because of that, with Patreon, you're only able to be charged on the first of every month. So hypothetically, if I were to do a restock on the 28th, they would unfortunately be charged again on the first, which of course is ridiculous. I would never want that for anyone, and that's why... We always do it on the first or second of every month. So it's 100% fair for anyone who wants to join. Unfortunately, we don't do it every month now just because um, we have to keep the memberships low, obviously, to keep success high. I can't just obviously throw out, you know, hundreds
0: and hundreds of memberships. Okay, moving on to the second question from Twitter. is some Kalyus on Twitter. Sorry if mispronounced your name It's C-L-E-U-S. He said, has your opinions of bots changed since you started your group?
1: I think this is a common misconception here. A lot of people do assume that I've always disliked bots, but in fact, it's quite the contrary. Like I mentioned before, my channel's purpose is to help people who can't afford bots or simply who prefer not to use bots. And I always like to show them it's possible to cop manually. And when I do my live streams, I only go manual just because I want to show them it is, it is possible. But I've always actually disliked the stigma for bots. You know, if you're willing to invest money, invest your time to research more about bots, and I really do feel like, you know, you should be rewarded for that. I don't care if someone cops 200 shoes and another person cops zero shoes. The person who cops 200 shoes invested time, they invested money. I've always been of the mindset that, you know, that's 100% fair, especially, you know, if you have the capitalist perspective. You know, if you're willing to work for something you deserve the the fruitful results that derive
0: from Yeah, I definitely do think that whole stigma around botting from a manual user's perspective is a bit of a pathetic argument. I feel like people should just, if they have the capital to buy all these shoes on a consistent basis and they're willing to bought hours on end to sit for a shoe when they can actually just invest in botting and make it so much easier for themselves and actually make money doing it. I definitely do think they should see the other side. Well that wraps up episode 10 of the pot talk. If you guys did enjoy, please go ahead and smash a like ring on any platform you're on right now. Go and follow us if you guys haven't already. If you guys are on YouTube, go and subscribe and turn on post notifications. For the final thing, go ahead and check out Keith Adam. Link is down below. Keith Adam's personal tip will be there. He's YouTube channel and also the endurance Twitter. Go check them out. I'm gonna catch you guys next time. Peace out.